It's your girl, Malika Salam. Welcome to The Intersection. That was the incomparable Nina Simone. You may recognize that from the sample that Jay-Z, as the sample that Jay-Z used for uh, the story of OJ. So, um, hey, Markeisha, <laughs> I see you. So uh, shout out to my sisters who have already joined me on live. If you go to Purple Hair and Converse on Facebook, you can watch live, follow along, put in your comments. Um, so Markeisha Woodstar, actually you are the inspiration for this song. Um, that and this is the body, another body issue episode, um, one of the ones. So I've said before that I exist at the intersections of black, queer, woman, and fat. And for some people, they don't think fat is an intersection. It's definitely an intersection. It has to do with body politics, um, body positivity, fat acceptance, which I hate. Like I super hate that term because I don't need my body to be accepted. My body is what it is. I appreciate it for everything that it can do. So for me, some of these terms are just misnomers. And we'll get into that a little bit. We'll get into the colloquialisms and how that feeds into the politics of it all. Um, and I want, I'm gonna frame this show on body issues as they were a little bit differently. I definitely want to talk about my black body. There have been a lot of marches recently. So there was a commemorative march in St. Louis, uh, really in Ferguson, which is where a lot of the Black Lives Matter um, kicked off when we first started really hearing about Black Lives Matter and the organization kind of grew from there during that time of unrest following the death of Mike Brown, um, following the murder of Mike Brown. And so I'm going to frame this body issue around uh, being black in America during this time. And that's not to say that this time is different than any other time. Uh, we are probably more aware of it just because of social media and the different outlets that we're able to get this news through a lot quicker. Uh, I want to say shout out to Courtney Alexander and to uh, my friend Jessica. They were supposed to be guests on the show. Each of them have things that they're working on. Jess is healing right now from a knee injury, so y'all send me lots of positive energy and healing energy. Uh, and Courtney is finishing up a super dope bomb tarot deck called Dust to Onyx. Please go to dusttoonyx.com and check it out. Uh, so when she opens up the orders, you can go on and cop that. Uh, Courtney, thank you so much for for showing up on live. I appreciate it. I know that you are working super hard right now to get that deck finished. Um, I'm excited about it. I'm excited to know these lovely creative women and we will definitely be reconvening. They will be guests at a later date where we will talk about being fat and magical and black and beige because I just love them with everything. So um, let's get into it. I don't have a lot of tea this week simply because most of my tea comes from entertainment news, which I have been totally checked out on just because 45 has been acting such the fool that I literally cannot go on any social network without seeing something about how foolish he act, act has acted, has been acting, is. Um, and then with everything that happened in Charleston, Virginia, it just became overwhelming and y'all know that 
my mantra is self-care is an imperative. Part of my self-care is knowing when I'm going to be triggered by something and if it's not something that I need to tackle in order to work on my healing, going the other way. And this was definitely one of those times where it was overwhelming. It was every time that I checked in. And my friends are artists and activists. And so there wasn't a single thing that I could check in on and not see those messages, not see um, the hurt and the pain that my folks are experiencing. And so I have been very checked out of social media. I have been very checked out of the news because it has just been a very painful process to watch. I have, however, been very checked in with my friends in very personal ways and seeing the love that they shower upon each other when times get tough, like this is how we make it through. And I think about my people and the people that I come from and the shoulders of the giants that I stand upon and how resilient we are to still be here and to be able to be here and love each other and do this work for each other um, and yes Rye Pie I see you hey boo hey and you did tweet me a picture of puppies and I did get that notification and that did help me get over a major hump um, so yes send me cute pictures of puppies and unicorns and mermaids and rainbows and bubbles because that is helpful that is helpful and people may say but Malika that's childish and juvenile and this is the real world and you got to deal with it I know this is the real world and I know that I have to deal with it I live in it every day I take my black fat woman body queer body out into this world every day and deal with the messages that the world has to send me and when I say that the world has to send me I'm not just talking about standards of beauty in the media or even the lens that other people view me through I mean agencies I mean the government I mean the police I mean the people at my children's schools um, I have to navigate that every day so body issue ties back into our previous month uh, topic which was mental health um, it was Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. And, and so I will say this, in order to be aware of your mental health, in order to shed light on the issues around mental health, you gotta know who you are. You gotta know all of the things that you're dealing with. And if you don't, please understand that at some point, if you leave your house, if you associate with other people, you will be confronted and they will show you who they think that you are. And you will have an opportunity to decide if you agree with the story that they've told about you or if you have a whole nother story. But you got to know who you are in order to make those type of determinations. So I don't have a lot of tea this week, y'all. I don't, I haven't seen any new pictures of Rumi and Sir. I haven't seen any new pictures of Blue. Um, I've seen new pictures of Beyonce just because everybody's talking about how snatched her body is and speaking of body issues had this conversation with the chocolate girl wonder and she was like oh excuse me she was saying how snatched Beyonce's body is and I had to remind her like Beyonce has a nutritionist and a personal chef and personal trainers like she can absolutely get her body back that quickly one, she's constantly working on it. Two, she has all of these people supporting her to get there. Um, I will say this again. Do not give yourself unrealistic expectations looking at other people's bodies. Know what your body is and what your body can do. And again, this goes back to awareness, knowing who you are and what you can do. And that's not to say to limit yourself, but I'm not Beyonce. I don't perform like Beyonce. I don't have the stamina of Beyonce. I haven't been doing what she's been doing since I was 15 years old. So mine comes out just a little bit different and I'm okay with that. Um, so what I'm asking you to do is know who you are and be okay with that. Also, um, we have reached the mid-season break for Queen Sugar and I literally don't know what to do with myself on Wednesday nights. I 
think Greenleaf comes on on Wednesday night. I just caught up with it, so I'm not for sure, for sure. But it still is not going to take the place of Queen Sugar. I absolutely can't wait for Queen Sugar to be back. When Queen Sugar left off, one of the highlights, of course, was that Micah finally told what happened to him at the police department and or before he even got to the police department that had him so shook and acting crazy these last few weeks and Ralph Angel proposed to Darla um one every time I hear the name Darla I always go back to the little rascals and Darla <laughs> so for me Ralph Angel is very much alfalfa in this story because her name is Darla and I'm ridiculous like that I'm okay with that um the other thing is I'm so scared for that relationship and how that's going to work out only because she's still dealing with her, um, with overcoming addiction. She's still in program right now. She just had her two year birthday in program. And the thing about that is she's still very much finding her way and working things out. And I just feel like this is such an unf unfair place to try to make a huge decision, like saying yes to marriage and immediately going back into this family um, with Ralph Angel. Somebody is calling me and that's just rude. Okay, <laughs> so we're back. Um, so yes, very concerned about how she's going to navigate all of that and how this plays out. And of course, she's still working for Charlie. Charlie and Ralph Angel are still slick at odds. So that's adding some extra pressure to the whole thing. Um... So we'll see what happens when they come back. I've also finally caught up on Being Mary Jane. And so, of course, her and Michael Ely got together. Of course, she confessed that she cheated and then Lee left her. And then apparently Lee has been, was like making jokes. And then like her and Kara got, like it's just a whole bunch of stuff. Always behind a man. This is the story of Being Mary Jane. Um... They started off really strong, y'all. And I thought she was going to do something different and have this committed relationship. And they were going to move in together and maybe eventually get married, have children, just do some regular stuff. But of course not, because it's being Mary Jane. So now she and the guy are involved and he may be some multimillionaire and she snooped through his stuff, which is absolutely a no-no. Um, so we're seeing problematic Mary Jane again. Not too psyched about that. That's all the tea I have for you. That's what I've been doing. Um, that and I am caught up on Game of Thrones, but I never really talk about Game of Thrones on here because ain't no black people on that show. Um, so like that's my guilty pleasure, and I watch it with my son, and we sit and we make lots of black commentary about it because they do stuff that's very anti-black. Like you have, you're gonna go into the territory, I'm going to give you guys this a little bit. They went into the territory of the White Walkers, who are like the Walking Dead or whatever, ice creatures. And there's like hundreds of thousands of them. And they went in with 12 people, like they were Jesus and the disciples. And we were just like, what in the world? But again, ain't no folks of color on that show. And I assume that if there were folks of color on that show, they would probably have the same type of, you know, commentary we have. Like, Jon Snow, I'm down with you. Like, I fought with you at Winterfell. I fought with you, you know, at the Battle of the... I can't say that word on the air, but it was him and another guy, and they didn't have fathers. So they there's a B word that they... So it was a battle. <laughs> and <laughs> I think I'd be really good at, like... Uh, not charades, but like, you know, the guessing games where you have to give the clue, like taboo, like you got to give yeah, the clues uh, real fast. Or, or win, lose, or draw, or one of those right, things. one of those things. So anyways, he, he, you know, I would be like, I'm down for you and I got your back right up until the point that you said, hey, all 12 of us, let's go fight 100,000 dead people in the middle of the snow who are made out of the ice and snow. Like that's right up to the point where I think all all the folks of color would have been like and I was with you right up until that one we are tropical people you're not just going to take us out in the cold and have us fighting and yes Cordy they fought a dead polar bear and they could have turned around and just took the dead polar bear and been like see here here's evidence of the living dead it's a it's a it's a dead dead polar bear oh but no 
they had to go and fight and spoiler alert this is the last piece i'm gonna give y'all now they have a living dead dragon and all i'm saying is it's gonna be on and i think there's like two more episodes and then this is like not only the season ender but i think this is the series finale so um i'll be watching with my son making like all the black commentary um and doing lots of thug claps because that's how we watch game of thrones around my house so now officially that is all of the tea and we're gonna go to some promos now Hey y'all, hey, all right, we are back. Thanks for meeting me at the intersection at 99.1 Jamsburg. Um, so let's, let's get into these body issues a bit. Um, funny, we're coming right off of that promo for Salt and Pepper, and uh, 
I was excited. I thought there was actually a salt and pepper show coming to St. Pete. I was like, let me get my ticket money together. Um, but there's not. But there is a show here on Monday with my friend Javo, which is how I found out about this. I did my first uh, interview with her. And then, voila, I have a show. You would ask, where is the CGW? Uh, first of all, <laughs> this show is called The Intersection with Malika Salam. <laughs> But no, uh, you've probably noticed that the Chocolate Girl Wonder is missing. Today she is out being an activist. Her high school career is off to a stellar start. She has already done cheerleading tryouts. She has already tried out for uh, one, flew over, who, one Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Um, and she, is, she marched in the Black Lives Matter um, march for, for equality for people of color when it comes to the police, which is funny because this is all gonna come full circle in just a minute. Um, and so, yeah, now she is, uh, we, we are hooked at the hip, um, but now she's out being me, but like better than me because she started way younger and she's like super active with it. So uh, shout out to the Chocolate Girl Wonder who's out there making the world a better place. Uh, Y'all can trust the future because it's in their hands, and I'm confident in the job that I did. So, um, so speaking of police brutality and inequality, let's just get right into it. Um, at the top of the show, I played Four Women by Nina Simone, and she describes the different intersections of being a black woman. Um, and this week I had a very black experience. My week started off with a very black experience and it was an encounter with the police. So let me give you a little bit of history. I grew up in Southern California during the gangster rap era. That's what it's called, but it's really reality rap. Um, and during the time of ECE and NWA and Ice Cube, and their political statements were very different from the political statements on the East Coast. Obviously, with Straight Outta Compton, there was a reemergence of their hit song, F the Police. Uh, I talked about the episode of Tales, the one episode that I watched and will probably ever watch of Herb Garden's Tales, and it was the episode called F the Police, and it was, you know, what happens when things are switched around to the other side. Well, y'all, be careful what you ask for for surely it will come you will get it so this is how it happened about a year ago uh and i remember this because it was after prince died and we had just had a whole lot of death and i think like prince passing just took it on over to the other side for us like i had nothing left to give one of the saving graces of living in a place where you're very close to the beach, in my case, five minutes from the beach, um, and then 10 minutes from the larger beaches, is that you go to the beach. You're like, oh, yeah, bad day, no problem. 10 minutes from the beach, I'm gonna go sit out in the sand, put my feet in the water, let the sun shine on my face, and get some perspective, and everything will be all right. So, my car, which had not moved in a long time because my car definitely needed tags, um, I took my car. I knew that I needed tags, and I still took my car and went to the beach because that's how down I was, that I was like willing to take the risk of going to the beach and coming straight back. I wasn't going to do anything extra. I wasn't stopping to get anything. I traveled straight there and traveled straight back, a path that I've taken a million times and have never had any problems. But this one particular time, the police pulled up and back. Not just the police, but the sheriffs. Not just the sheriffs, but the sheriff in like the big overbearing Bronco where they can see all into your car and see all of your business, but you can't see any of theirs. And it was still daylight, so I wasn't particularly pressed. I was in the car with my children. I wasn't doing anything illegal other than driving my car without tags. I will admit that. Driving my car without the proper tags. Um, so, I didn't think anything of it when the police pulled up behind me. 
I know, shock of shocks, right? Because what black person living in America does not get nervous when the police get behind them? But I'm a like it. And Malika chooses to live this life having a positive attitude and positive outlook about things and just thinking that things will turn out for the best. Oh, how wrong I was. So the lights go on. Now I know for sure that they're pulling me over. And now I remember, oh, they've been sitting behind me and they probably run my tags and they probably realize because one, I don't have Florida tags. I didn't have Florida tags. So one, they probably ran them because I'm in a car from out of town. Now they found out these tags are bad. And I'm on a side of town that really doesn't see cars like this ride through. It's the nice side of town. And my car has a bumper with duct tape on it. So all of the elements were coming together. Now I'm getting a little bit nervous, but not really nervous because they're gonna give me a ticket because my tags are bad. I'm going to go ahead and get my Florida tags because that's all I was really waiting on was like, oh, when these tags expire, I'll get Florida tags, move on, be an official citizen. So the driver, so, so first of all, I noticed that there's two cars, but I'm not pressed because I'm like, you know, it's dangerous out here. They pulled over in two cars. Surely one of these will take off. Oh, but no, both of those cars stayed. The driver um, gets out, comes up to the driver's side, asks me for license registration. Do I know why he pulled me over? I'm not sure, but I'm guessing it has something to do with my tags. You're absolutely right. It has to do with your tags. Your tags are out and they're not state tags. And if you've been here for X amount of time, we expect you to have state tags and a state ID. Oh, you don't have state ID. Bet. <laughs> Let me run this through CODIS or Interpol or wherever they run it through. So he runs my license and he says, your license isn't valid either. And it hasn't been valid since like, like 2007 or like something ridiculous like that which to me I'm like so impossible because not only did I you know purchase this car but I also traveled here in this car on my license from Memphis Tennessee and had no problems and had been driving around for an entire year with no problems but of course now it's a problem now he could have arrested me. He could have said, okay, this is illegal and we're going to arrest you, blah, 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 blah. Um, but he didn't. He decided that he was going to ticket me. Now, all of that sounds fairly innocuous. So, Malika, what is the issue? What does this have to do with body issues? Well, the whole time he was talking to me, he was not calm. He wasn't polite. He was very disrespectful. And all of this was happening in front of my children. The hard part about that is that I tell my children to stand up for themselves. I tell my children to advocate for themselves. I'm constantly impressing upon them the importance of taking their concerns to authority, of correcting people when they are wrong. And here I am with the police officer talking to me, not even like I was a child, but like I was less than, less than human, less than he was. I was completely in the submissive position and I couldn't say anything because as this was going on, I noticed that on the pa oh, I'm sorry. As this was going on, he looks over, sees my son, who's six foot one, sitting in the passenger seat and asks him for his ID. At which point my son becomes very nervous and he's like, I don't have ID. And the guy's get ready to go into the whole why don't you have ID and so I say well he doesn't have ID because he's 16 he's not an adult. he doesn't have ID all he has a student ID as this is happening I happen to look over my shoulder and see that the other person who was riding with this police officer has gotten out of his side on the passenger side and is coming up on the passenger side of my car where my son is and where my daughter is in the back seat with his hand on his gun. Freeze frame. I want you to think about that for a minute. I want you to think about sitting in your car at a routine traffic stop, having somebody talk absolutely reckless and disrespectful to you in front of your children, and everything in you is programmed to speak up for yourself. Everything in you is programmed to defend yourself, and you are ready to go in until you look over and see the police officer coming up on the side of the car with your children with his hand on his gun. 
And then you start to think about Sandra Bland. And then you start to think about Philander Castile. And then you start to think about all of the 500 plus names that were at the end of Irv Gotti's F the Police. And all of the people who have been murdered, who have been shot down in cold blood and people have been allowed to go free. You grew up in the era that I did, you're thinking about Rodney King. You are thinking about the movies that have been made. You are thinking about all of the signs that have been made, all of the hashtags for Say Her Name and Black Lives Matter. And you, all of that is going through your head and your mouth wants to be ruthless in taking them down for the way that they are handling the situation. And your heart knows the imminent danger that you're in because you've seen it happen. You've seen it happen on Facebook Live. Maybe you've experienced it in real life. And so now you're faced with that. I grew up in Daryl Gates era, LA. I didn't grow up in LA. I had maybe the benefit of growing up outside of LA. My aunt lived in Inglewood. My aunt lives in Inglewood in the exact same place that she's lived for 30 plus years. I spent summers there. I spent every school break that I had there with my cousins. I remember my cousins being pulled over repeatedly, profiled in my aunt's car, them tossing my aunt's car, knowing that it was not the car of a drug dealer, didn't look like the car of the drug dealer, looked like the car of a woman who was raising four children. That's what it looked like. But because they were black and they were male, it happened. And it happened on a consistent basis. And it happened so much that that's etched in my memory. So as much as the music from Straight Outta Compton and the backstory for Straight Outta Compton and this band who made it and this you know rap group who was so pivotal touched on parts of, of life and musical history for people, for me, it was very real. For me, it was palpable. I lived through the Los Angeles riots and you know about the Los Angeles riots because that was the big thing. But if you lived anywhere around that area, there was some type of unrest. I had friends who participated in some of the activities surrounding that and then had to disappear and I have not heard from them since then. I am more, I have more than a passing or pedestrian relationship with how that works, with how people get that angry, with how the powder keg is sparked for people to riot and for people to loot and how how frustrated and angry people have to be. In that moment, I didn't have the luxury of setting things right with that police officer. In that moment, what I had was yes sir and no sir. And what else do you need for me to do? In that moment, looking back on it, I absolutely was respectable and I absolutely was respectable because when I thought about it all I could think in that moment was that we were in imminent danger that because our bodies are black in America there has only ever been a certain value attached to it, whether it was being three-fifths of a man, whether it was being chattel slaves, whether it was being held on prison work farms after we had been kidnapped from the continent. Our bodies have always been viewed a certain way. Seems like more and more our bodies have been viewed as a threat. And that is not to say that the violence that is being perpetrated against people of color in America is new because it's not. The history is extensive lynching parties these things go back hundreds of years there is a reason why our parents and our grandparents didn't interact with certain people didn't interact with the law it's 2017 and I got pulled over for a routine traffic stop and I feared for my life and the lives of my children and I cooperated Fast forward a year later, this Sunday, got pulled over again in the same spot, sitting at the light, coming from Wendy's, because I, I just, all I wanted was some ice cream, y'all. And really, 
I blame McDonald's for this because I went to McDonald's first because I just wanted to get a hot fudge sundae and once again McDonald's ice cream machine is down. McDonald's ice cream machine is always down. So at this point when I want ice cream, one, I don't go to Wendy's because of this experience that I just had, but two, I always make sure to call McDonald's and make sure that their ice cream machine is working and then I go to the one that's closest to me so I can make sure that it's still working by the time I get there, place my order and make it through the drive-thru because McDonald's ice cream machine is always down. Now, for some of you, this might be new information. And I'm guessing if this is new information, you are probably not a person of color. Your McDonald's in your hood probably always has a working ice cream machine, but not around my way. So, I was going to McDonald's to get a hot fudge sundae. And I get to McDonald's, and what is the first thing they say? Excuse me, ma'am. We just need to inform you that our ice cream machine is down. Bet. Okay, well, we're going to go around the corner to Gulfport. I don't know why McDonald's even has ice cream machines, for real. I'm, I'm with you on that, Ryan. Like, why? Just let it go. Um, be about, all about apple pies and cookies and, like, yogurt parfaits, because y'all ice cream machine don't never work. Um, so, <laughs> back to what happened. So, decided to go to the more expensive ice cream shop, because what I wanted was a hot fudge sundae. Hot fudge sundae is on the value menu. That was right in my budget. I knew they put the calories right up on the board, so I knew exactly how much I was going to be consuming. This was a decision, y'all. I need you to understand that there was intention behind this. I was going to get a hot fudge sundae from McDonald's. McDonald's ice cream machine was down, so we decided to go to the other ice cream shop in Gulfport. Ice cream shop in Gulfport is closed on Sundays. Man, we ain't going all the way over to St. Pete Beach to get Twisty Treat. I love Twisty Treat, but that's just like a ride, and I just don't need to go that far for ice cream. It's not that serious. Um, Twisty Treat is reserved for when you're coming home from the beach and you already got a passing. I don't make a special twi trip to Twisty Treat. And so, next best thing, Wendy's. Wendy's has the 50 cent Frosties. Bet. Because now I need french fries because the french fries balance, you know, the salt and the shit. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. So bet, I'm going to go to Wendy's. Wendy's still got a decent value menu, menu and the Frosties are on sale. So I'm going to Wendy's. I'm going to get the value fry. I'm going to get the 50 cent Frosty. And I'm going to take my black behind back to the house. Except for we pull up at this same intersection. The police are behind us. I'm not driving this time. As a matter of fact, my girlfriend is driving. My girlfriend is not black. As, my, as a matter of fact, if the opposite of black is white, then my girlfriend is the opposite of black. So we pull up. I'm not feeling particularly nervous because I'm adjacent to whiteness right now. And so that makes me feel a little bit safer. But then the lights go on and I realize, oh snap. Like, we're being pulled over. Like, legit. Like, like her papers are legit. Like, I don't think she's ever been in trouble for anything, ever. Like, she's, like, never been arrested for, like, like demonstrating or she's never changed herself to a tree. Like, she's not those type of people. So, I'm feeling pretty secure. Like, oh, this is just going to be a routine traffic stop. And then, like, we'll be on our way because they have nothing on her. And because I wasn't driving, I conveniently left my wallet at home. It's a habit that I've developed. Some of y'all know why. So we get pulled over. Two cars. Soon as the guy gets out of the car, the officer gets out of the car, comes up to the driver's side, the other car mystically, magically disappears. It appears they don't need backup for just the two of us. Just the two of us grown adults, unlike they needed backup for me and my two children, which I feel like two children don't equal one adult, but maybe, maybe in law enforcement math, two children equal one adult, and when one of those children is male, then there is a threat to their lives. They feel scared and like they're entering a danger zone. I don't know. I do know that whoever was on the passenger side never got out of the truck. I do know that when they walked up to the driver's side and they spoke to my girlfriend, they were extremely respectful. Hi, hey, how are you doing? Um, do you know why we pulled you over? Do you realize your tags are out? Yeah, no, I noticed that the date was a little, like, you're just a little past. They ran out in July. It's 
August, but they're just a little past, but don't worry about mm -hmm. that. Um, I'm sure it's a mistake. I'm sure that there's something else going on. So she's like, nah, I'm sure that I paid. Like I pay my, and she does. She like, she's one of those people that has the dates marked on the calendar, sits down, pulls out the checkbook, writes out the checks, puts them in the mailbox, puts the flag up. Like she's that person. She doesn't pay online. She doesn't make arrangements. She pay the whole thing every time. So I'm like, surely if she says she paid it, she paid it. And the guy goes, now mind you, I haven't said anything. I'm sitting in the passenger seat eating my frosty waiting for him to ask me for my ID. Like they asked my son for his ID because I'm an adult and I'm sitting over there with her. And so I'm just eating my frosty, like waiting because eventually this question is gonna come up and I've already prepared my alias and they can't check it against anything because I don't have my wallet on me. Anyways, precautionary procedures that I've learned as a person of color in America dealing with the law. But that's an aside. So I'm sitting over there eating my frosty and we're going through the glove compartment and he says well I just need to see your license and I'll take it back here and I'll run it and you know we'll just we'll figure this whole thing out but don't worry I'm not going to give you a ticket anyways I was just going to give you a warning wow that's a lot different than what my experience was because they told me off the rip that they were going to give me a ticket as a matter of fact what they told me is I should be grateful that they didn't arrest my black behind um but they were going to go ahead and give me this ticket in this fine and I did need to go ahead and go to court and I better park my car because if I take off and make it one block down the street there is a police officer waiting down there to arrest me. That's what they told me. But oh no, this conversation was very different. They were sure that it was a mistake. Oh, he recognized her ID. Oh, you work for this entity. Wow, my mom works for that entity too. Well, no, no worries. Don't worry about it. I'm going to go and run this. So sitting in the car while he goes to run her license and she turns to me and she was like I'm so nervous and yet you're so calm you're just over there eating your frosty and I don't understand how you're over there eating my frosty but what she didn't understand is on the inside I was a mix of sad and angry and resolved like, I really wish that I had been able, and she said this later when we talked about it, I really wish that I had been able to take both of those incidents so that people could see a side by side of what happened so that people can understand that we are not exaggerating about how hard it is to be black in America, how traumatic it is, how we are treated differently. Systemic racism is not some, some holdover or some we won't get over it we're just you know being extra no it it happens it really happens and we got to see this in real time so they come back to the car he comes back to the car there's no they there's nobody with the gun on their holster it's just him just this one guy he never says anything to me he doesn't even acknowledge me i'm just sitting over there eating my frosty minding my business and he didn't say anything he has a whole conversation with her about where she works and how surely this is a mistake. It's never happened before in the history of him being a police officer for 30 plus years. He's never had that happen, but it's possible that their machines could have made a mistake. And it's okay because he's just going to let her off with this warning and all she has to do is go up to the DMV tomorrow and she works for the government so she knows how that is. So just be prepared that it may take a little bit of time, but you're going to go up there tomorrow and it'll all be sorted out. And I'm just giving this to you as a warning but like you don't even have to do anything with this you don't have to go to, like this is the exact conversation that he's having and i'm just sitting over there eating my frosty taking it all in because this is so very different from what i experienced and then i ate my french fries as we walked as we rode home and we didn't really talk about it and uh that night i was a little bit despondent and i couldn't put my finger on what exactly i was feeling and so that night I went to sleep and I woke up the next day to go to work and I was severely agitated. Like I couldn't focus, I couldn't get my thing together. Um, we skipped the gym that morning, like nothing was the routine and I couldn't figure out what was going on. And so I was in my planner and I did my journaling and I did all of my self care things, but I still wasn't quite right. So we decided to go to one of my favorite places to get myself back together, Michael's. Because Michael's has beads and journal stuff and pretty things and being creative just makes me happy. It's one of the ways that I take care of myself. So we go to Michael's 
trade in one thing, get a couple other things. We're getting the stickers. We're we're happy. We're on a roll. We're headed back to the house. But it was meatless Monday, and we didn't have any protein. And like we're still doing whole thirty, so we also like we didn't have any protein. We didn't have any starch. We had zucchini noodles with creamy avocado pesto, and it was delicious. But it was like thirty minutes after dinner, and we were starving. And so we're like, you know what? We're gonna give McDonald's another chance. We're gonna roll through McDonald's. We're not even gonna ask for ice cream because we know their ice cream machine is down. We'll just, you know, get some uh, something that has got meat in it, <laughs> even though it's Meatless Monday. And we just will hide this from the children. They'll never know. We'll just go on with life, unless they watch, unless they watch this live, and unless they're listening with their friends. And then we'll hear about it later how we cheated on Meatless Monday. And we're in the drive-through. And it occurs to me that we were in the drive-thru at McDonald's on Sunday and that that's what got the whole thing started. And I begin to put the pieces together as to why I've been feeling so jacked up since Sunday. And I just start bawling right there in the drive-thru trying to order Chicken McNuggets. I know Chicken McNuggets are bad and we can talk about that later. Um, y'all can food, food judge and shame me at a different time but at that moment it all hit me so fast that our experiences were so different because I am a black woman and she is not a black woman how they talked to her how respectful they were with her nobody was menacing there was no threat of pulling a gun none of those things happened and it was so completely different i have literally been piecing it back together so that i can write it out fully so you will be able to read this fully on my blog purple hair and converse um malika how does that tie into body issues this is the body issues because my black body has a target on it my son walks out every day with the target on his back and from the time that I found out that I was having a boy and I knew that I would be raising a black man in America, I have lived my life on the edge of fear. It is very hard to ever be within a completely healthy state physically or mentally when you are living under that type of stress. It is very hard for any one of us not to have PTSD when we have dealt with these systems, when one in four of us will be incarcerated or have some type of run-in with the law, be involved in the penal system, it is very hard when you live in a society that lets you know repeatedly in a variety of ways that you have little to no value and that freedom for you is not real. body issues. Being black in America is hard, y'all. And if you haven't experienced it, God bless you. God bless you for being able to be the three out of the four who have never had to have those type of run-ins, who've never had to have those type of problems. May that always be your path. May that be the path of your children and of everyone you love. And if you have experienced it, I know in the moment that you may not be able to vocal because it may truly be choosing between life and death. Outside of the moment, make sure to talk to people about it. Make sure that your story is heard. Make sure to align yourself with other people and other organizations who can support you. Understand that those traumatic experiences are real. They are not imagined. You are not imagining that you have it harder because you are black in America. That's a real thing. That's a real thing. Be aware of it. Deal with it. Do what it is that you need to do to care for yourself and to heal from the traumas that you've experienced and to heal from the traumas that your family has experienced because believe it or not, these things are passed down. Look up epigenetics and maybe we'll get to that on another show. 
Um, we are getting to the end of our time here. I want to thank you guys for joining me while we dealt with this edition of Body Issues. And if I was going to give out a You Tried It this week, I would go ahead and give that out to the officers who pulled us over a year ago and the officers who pulled us over this Sunday. You tried it. All right, y'all. It's been real time for me to get out of here. And I will catch you guys next time at the intersection. All right, y'all. Bye, y'all. Bye.